The Goal Radio Football Show. Yeah, let's go. Just gone five o'clock on Go Radio. The Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, and our special guest in the studio with us tonight is the happiest man in Scottish football. <laughs> that permanent smile across his face, Marvin Bartley. Welcome. Cheers, Welcome. thanks a lot. Thank you. Good to have you on board. Uh, Packy Bonner will be joining us later on. Celtic legend, of course. The Kilmarnock winger Chris Burke will be with us as well. And it all unfolds before your very ears. We're not entirely sure what's going to be in it, so you have no chance of knowing. In terms of headlines, you'll have heard in the course of the day that Aberdeen have a player who's tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, more on that to come. Rangers, of course, kicking off at 5-2-6 in the Europa League against Bayer Leverkusen in Germany. We'll be across that. And uh, the headline on that right now is that Alfredo Morales is playing, despite everything that's going on, the constant speculation that surrounds him. But he is in that starting lineup, and we'll bring you that Rangers team shortly. Uh, the Stephen Fletcher to Celtic story seems to have stalled Celtic Apparently it offered uh, Stephen Fletcher uh, a year's contract, no deal done. And the fresh news, the breaking news in the last couple of minutes is that uh, Celtic are talking to Lyle Taylor. You'll remember him um, at Partick Thistle for a spell. He's a free agent having left Charlton Athletic. Could he soon be a Celtic player? Marv, you know all about Lyle Taylor, don't you? Yeah, I played with Lyle down at Bournemouth um, and I've kept track of his career since then. He was a young boy coming into the professional game from non-league. And like you said, you know, he was at Charlton last season where my, one of my best friends in football is actually the captain. Um, but it was quite controversial the way Lyle left there. Um, you know, we, the football stopped because of the pandemic and, you know, when it restarted, Lyle's contract was coming to an end and, you know, he said he didn't want to play. Um, you know, he spoke to Lee Bowyer, the manager, and said, you know, I, I think I need to protect myself. Um, I, I don't want to play in any competitive games. Um, you know, being their, their main talisman up front, you know, affected the team and unfortunately Charlton went down. So, you know, their fans aren't too happy with him. But from a player's point of view, I, I do understand it. You know, he's 29 years of age. This is his big chance of getting a, you know, a huge move that can change his life and his family's life. And, you know, he had to be selfish. Um, but unfortunately, the club did get relegated. Could he be good for Celtic? Can you see him giving them something they don't have at the moment? Definitely. He's something different to what they have. Um, you know, I know he was linked with Rangers also earlier on in the summer amongst, you know, many teams and the championship in England. Um, you know, his hold up play is very, very good. Um, you know, he presses very, very well and, you know, he knows where the back of the net is. You know, as I said, he really did carry Charlton for, for a long time in the championship this season and, you know, they just fell short because, you know, they didn't have him playing anymore. And I think, you know, every Charlton fan would admit if he was still playing, uh, they, they would have stayed up because, you know, he is that good. So what do you think uh, about Lyle Taylor for Celtic? If you're a Celtic fan, does that excite you? What do you think about the potential signing there of Lyle Taylor? Stephen Fletcher was in the frame, maybe not in the frame anymore. Now, what about Rangers' chances tonight of uh, turning that tie around in the Europa League in Germany? It's a tall order, isn't it? I can give you the, the Rangers' starting lineup in the game tonight. McGregor in goals, Tavernier, Helander, Goldson and Barisic in the midfield. Jack and Davis and Rebo. So Stephen Davis back in the side. Uh, Ryan Kent and Brandon Barker is a starter 
in the wide positions with Alfredo Morelos. Despite all the question marks hanging over him, he leads the Rangers' attack. So all sorts of questions tonight about all sorts of subjects in Scottish football. Ali, what are the num- what's the number to ring and what other ways can our listeners be getting in touch? If you haven't already given us a call, why not? 0808 17 17 700 is the line. James will be on the phones for you if you're ready for it. Or if you want to drop us a wee text, put go at the start and then your message 87474. And of course, all the socials at Go Football Show. We'd love to hear from you. So let's hear from Stephen Gerrard right at the top of the show. Uh, Rangers against Leverkusen. It's incredible to think, we were talking about it last night, that the first leg of that tie was five months ago. It was 3-1 by Leverkusen at Ibrox. It's a massive job for Rangers tonight in Germany. Here's what Stephen Gerrard reckons. We know our fans back home will be supporting in the numbers and hopefully we can give them a performance to be proud of. Um, we know the deficit that we're chasing, but the plan to try and start the game on the front foot and, and, and try and score the first goal and try and make it an interesting tie. Marv, what do you reckon? Uh, do Rangers have a chance here? They need to win by three goals. They definitely have a chance. You know, If they get an early goal, then it changes things a lot. I think it's so important they don't chase the goal too early, though. You know, They have 90 minutes to, to get back into this game. You know, I think you see a lot of teams, when they are chasing goals, the first 30 minutes, they're gung-ho, and you can see it again, and it's game over. You know, I think they play their way into this game and you know their front three's, you know, frightening, really. If those boys all have a good night, Rangers definitely can do this. You know everything about uh, everyone in British football, world football, even beyond that interplanetary football. You know everybody. So I take it so I take it you'll know you'll know Kimar Roof and uh, Cedric Itton as well, Rangers new signings. Yeah, well I know, I know Roof um, obviously played down in, in England. Um, we actually played a friendly against him in the winter break. You know, we played against Anderlecht and he played the first forty five minutes in that game. Um, you know, you could kind of see that he, he didn't seem happy. He didn't seem like he was happy. I had a brief conversation with him and he said he wanted to get back closer to his family. And, you know, obviously coming to, to Scotland maybe allows that, you know, slightly closer than Belgium. But, you know, what a huge club to go into. You know, he must be absolutely delighted to get that move and, you know, be absolutely brilliant for them. I really do think it's, it's really opened up the, the title again. You know, I was asked about Celtic um, before these signs were made. And I said, you know, I think Celtic would win the league. Now Rangers have got these two in the door. You know, it's a lot, lot closer. And it's, it's great for Scottish football. You know, as a neutral, I don't support either club. But I'm absolutely delighted to have, you know, both of those strikers, as long as they don't score against Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be a big barrier on the way to that because they've got to get through you before they even get near the, near the back four of the goalkeeper. Um, are there, do you see them both as number nines and the signings for Rangers? And do you see them... Do you see that paving the way for taking the money for Alfredo Morales? I think Reef can play wider. I really do. I think he could play, you know, saw Flo Canberry play from the left, although he was slightly narrower than, than a normal uh, left winger. I think it gives him different options. You know, they can probably go in different formations. Um, but yeah, I think Reef's probably stronger position is up front, but I think he definitely could play wider. And yeah, I think it's so brave a Rangers, let's be honest, you know, because anything can happen in football. Morales is starting tonight. If he was to get injured, the deals are off that they are maybe looking at. So fair play to their board. You know, they've put their, their money where their mouth is. They've backed the manager. Now it's up to the players and the manager to, you know, go and get this league title that they, they want to wrestle back from Celtic. It's funny, isn't it, that Flo Camberi has gone in uh, the opposite direction to Cedric Itton, the, the Swiss international striker. He's He joined Rangers, he signed for Rangers. I think those two deals totaled about £6 million. Flo Camberi, of course, you, you know from his time at Hibs, um, and he had that loan spell at Rangers second half of last season before it all shut down, um, and he, he did pretty well. Um, but he seems to be a guy who's it's difficult to get the best out of him. I'm not, a few managers have tried and failed. 
Yeah, um, you know, Flo, when he came into Hibs for the first time, was unplayable. When he came in on loan, um, he really was unplayable. He came in, he's like, wow, who is this guy? He signed permanently and he had a bit of an up and down time. You know, he went into Rangers on loan and he, he said it himself, you know, that was kind of his dream move. Um, I think he made a difference for them. You know, whenever he put the shirt on, I don't think any fans could question him. You know, I remember him coming on against St. Johnson and he was absolutely brilliant. You know, breathtaking, he really, really was. And I spoke to Flo only a couple of days ago and he he seemed heartbroken that the Rangers move didn't come off, if I'm honest. You know, I think that's where he wanted to go. Um, I think up until probably a week ago, he thought it was still a possibility. And then obviously he heard about, you know, these strikers were kind of in the pipeline. And unfortunately for him, you know, he, he has got his move, but I think Rangers would have been his first choice. But, you know, he goes across to Switzerland now, he goes back home and, you know, let's see how well he can do. I'm interested in what you're thinking about the Rangers signings and how that might just change the, the complexion of uh, the, the title race in the course of the season. Um, let's hear on that subject what Celtic central defender, the Frenchman, the giant Frenchman, Chris Julien had to say. They're definitely going to be stronger, for sure, uh, because they are the our opponent, like each team in, in this championship. They're going to take some player more uh, to, to add something to, to beat the champions. That's normal. That's what we expect. It's all pretty fascinating stuff, isn't it? Celtic opening up with that 5-1 win uh, on Sunday at home to Hamilton. Rangers got the win they wanted up at uh, Aberdeen. But you're reckoning, uh, Marv, is that that those those signings and especially against if if Morelos does stay and they've got bags of options in those striking areas, um, the Rangers might just have narrowed the gap a little. They definitely have narrowed the gap. You know, you have to say they've narrowed the gap with those two signings. I don't think anybody saw them bringing in two strikers. You know, I think we all said they maybe needed another one. You know, obviously our own Lyndon Dykes at Livingston was linked with them as well. Um, so I thought they'd bring in one striker, but to bring in two strikers of that quality, you know, it's definitely narrowed the gap and it's going to be so interesting. You know, I'm really. I'm interested to see. I think Rangers will be aiming to, you know, have the first half of the season as they did last year. But from January onwards, that's when they need to kick on. You know, they need to stay a lot closer to Celtic. And I think these two, these two strikes will help them do that. It's Marvin Bartley, the Livingston skipper on the Go Football, the Go Radio Football Show. Rearranging these words into a, a well-known sentence. Um, he, he's he's There's been a lot of talk, hasn't there, about Lyndon Dykes, not just about his multicoloured hairdo, <laughs> um, but also that, that prospect of him stepping up. Is he good enough to step up to that Celtic Rangers level, Marv? He's definitely good enough, you know, and he's, he's still young. I think people look at Lyndon and probably think he's a little bit older than he is, but he, he's still young. Um, he can definitely step up and he gives him something different. You know, he's a target man. He's a bit of a throwback old number nine. And, and if he was to go into either club, he would make a difference. Get involved in the Go Radio Football Show 0808 17 17 700 on the text 87474 and on the socials at Go Football Show. David is on the line. David, hello to you. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Good, thank you. You've got a question, or a couple of questions, even for Marv, who's quaking in his boots at the prospect. <laughs> <laughs> they're all legit, they're all legit. <laughs> uh, first one's very, very basic, is what's been your favourite moment as a Livingston player, Marv? Um, you know, I've had many great moments in, 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 a, in a year, um, but beating Celtic 2-0 uh, at home was, was absolutely fantastic. You know, the first time that the club have done it, um, and to be captain that day also was, was another kind of the icing on the cake for me but but what a team performance and you know to to beat Celtic for anyone to beat Celtic is, is kind of unheard of but for for Livingston to do it you know I think the odds you could have got on that he could have been a rich man oh, <laughs> absolutely I remember it very very well and it was at I, I put that apart from the Dungeon United playoff game the Celtic game was definitely up in my definitely top two in uh, games for Livingston for sure oh, is, brilliant. is there a part B? Uh, 
this might get you in trouble with, with Dave, and Bla- uh, Dave Black and Derek, but who's got the worst banter at the two rings, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for Dell. I spent a lot more time with Derek, and uh, he, he does bore me. And then, you know, I was I was quite chilled out here today, and then I saw him turn up. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go for Derek. Hopefully, he can't hear this. Hopefully, he's having a tour and he can't hear this. <laughs> nice. And and just one quick last one is, uh, and and this is probably on Livy fans' minds all the time: is the Scotty Pittman stop running? Oh no, no, he doesn't. And you know, he's part of the reason I signed because my legs were going, and they said, "Oh, you'd be paying in there with Scott Pittman." So I said, "Do you know what? I can get another few years out of these legs." So I thought, "Do you know? So, what? I'll sign for him." He's he's not having two men on there, isn't he? He's, he's brilliant for us, absolutely brilliant. No, I absolutely agree. I, I, def, I, def, I mean, he came from you know the juniors and he step up into the Premiership. He's been absolutely phenomenal, and uh, I would say he's consistently been probably Levy's best player over the last two three years. He's been after me. After you, my absolutely. (laughs) David, thanks for your question, or I should say, questions. Thanks for getting in touch with the Go Radio Football Show. You are most welcome. Uh, Queue up, join up, get your questions in, fire them to Marv. We've got Packy Bonner, uh, the Celtic legend, on a little bit later, and Chris Burke of Kilmarnock, the former Rangers winger. He is on the show as well. It's Livingston against Hibs uh, this week coming weekend. Marv, uh, that's an interesting one for you. It's the Marvin Bartley derby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a game, you know. Um, is, that some... dif- is it difficult playing against your old pals at Hibs? It is, um, in the lead up, but as I said, you know, when it gets to game day and we cross that white line, they're, they're no longer my friends. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, that's just the way it is. That, I'm a winner. You know, I want to win. So if my brother's on the other end of the ball, I'm going to try and win it off him. And that's just just kind of the way I play um, but it, it, it's a strange one you know playing up against them you know it was really weird doing it last season and it's not going to get you know any better this season let's be honest Talking of your brothers Ali you've been doing a bit of research into <laughs> Mr Bartley haven't you? Yeah you've all got the same initial MB right? Yeah exactly yeah all MBs So what <laughs> is, that... is it Michael, Marvin and Mark? Yeah yeah Mark's the eldest Michael's the middle one and, and I'm the youngest obviously the best football because I'm the only one that made it Oh, oh. <laughs> Did they all do you all play football together when you were younger? Yeah we did we played for two separate at clubs together um, we played for a team called Hayes and a team called Burnham but then me and Mark got released from Burnham after about 10 games uh, oh. yeah that went well for the manager I went on to make it and he does Brentford under 10s now I think or under 11s so but maybe that was because you've learned after that you thought you know what nothing's going to stop me maybe you, he's thinking you can thank me for that yeah he did he spurred me on to be honest because I thought to myself wow I've been released here at 18 years of age I had this aspiration of being a professional and I've been released from an amateur team so he did give me you know the kick on that I maybe needed so yeah I'll, I'll thank him when I do see him <laughs> so you wrote Hayes Bournemouth Burnley Leighton Orient for a spell Hibs of course before Livingston what about the leaving of Hibs were you disappointed uh, when they let you go yeah, well, it was one of those things, you know, I wanted to play more games. Um, you know, I went in and spoke to them. I hadn't played a lot of games uh, the season with, with Lennon there and then Heckenbottom came in and I didn't start another game. And I had to say to myself, do you know what? You're coming towards the end of your career. You know, it's about playing football now. It's about playing as many games as you can. Be that that boy again who started playing football at 10 and really enjoyed it. And, you know, I wanted to get back to that before I retired and move on to coaching. Um, so it, it was difficult. You know, and, I, and I'll be honest, um, when I made the decision that I was going to leave and I was going to tell the club the next day, you know, I went home and cried and it was, it was one of those because I, I'd been there and it, it was four years, but it felt like I was there a lifetime. You know, I'd met some really, really great guys, players had, had come and gone and it was hard. It was the most difficult thing I've had to do in football and hopefully I won't have to do anything like that again in my, in my career in football uh, management or, or playing. 
Marvin Bartley on the Go Radio Football Show. We have Chris Burke later with Packy Bonner later. We're keeping tabs, of course, on Rangers in Germany against Bayer Leverkusen. Alfredo Morelis is starting in the game. And Celtic are linked with Lyle Taylor, who's a free agent now after leaving Charlton Athletic. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Yep, we're talking football again, 5 to 7, Monday to Friday. Uh, we're loving it. Hopefully you are too. And you can be part of it on 0808 17 17 700. If you're texting, uh, text GO and your message to 87474. And on the socials, it's at GO Football Show. Let's crack on with the calls. Mark from Newton Merrins. Hi, Mark. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What would you like to say? Well, I was phoning up to talk about Scott Brown. I'm a Celtic fan, and I would say over the last few years, since even the time of Ronnie Dyler, Scott Brown's had some maybe a, a period of a few weeks every season where his form's kind of slumped or he's maybe not played too well. And a lot of Celtic fans have been speculating: oh, is he, is, is he, are his legs gone? Is he, is he finished? And then he's just um, some really good seasons in the last few years for us. I think he loves um, he loves being written off, doesn't he? For long periods of really good play from him and he's like obviously the linchpin of the team but there's going to come a time where he's going to have a run of form and it's not going to return and I'm just hoping that that's not going to be this season obviously with his going for 10 in a row um, and I'm just wondering what, what you guys think, do you think he's, he's got it in him to, to produce the goods for one more season to see us to the 10 or do you think it might be a season where he's maybe going to be utilised a wee bit less and less my, my fear is that historically when he's when he's not been on the park, the results have suffered with him not being there. I know we've, we've maybe had a few performances, I think there was one in Europe last season or the season before that he didn't play and they looked phenomenal for one half of that game. Um, when it was, I think it was maybe in Cham, Christie and McGregor in the middle of the park and they looked good but at the same time maybe a game later they play again with the same midfield and they look as if they're rudderless completely so okay. I just wonder what your thoughts are Alright Mark, let's find out what Marvin Bartley thinks he plays that position um, can Scott Brown last the pace for another season? Definitely, you know I don't think he's shown anything to, to say that he is slowing down and you know I know you speak about obviously his form slumping but that happens to, to all players, you know Celtic yeah. are a much much better team with Scott Brown in it, there's no doubt about it um, and, and also you know as we do get older, as I'm feeling myself and, you know, you're not as fast as you used to be. I think the communication from Scott Brown that, you know, playing at South Park, you, you guys won't hear him because you're so loud, but he's actually driving the team forward on the pitch. You know, vocally, you know, that the information he's given to the younger players and he's, he's like, you know, he's directing everyone on where to go. It's, it's absolutely brilliant to, to watch. I shouldn't say I'm watching because I'm playing against him, but to actually hear... You know, and, and, and he plays a huge part in what Celtic do. So even the games when he, he's not playing well, I guarantee you one thing, the other 10 players out there would want Scott Brown, you know, to be that 11th man because the difference he makes to them is absolutely huge. It's, it sounds, Mark, like, like you're having your doubts, are you? No, no, not at all. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think I think he has got the ability to produce again. And it was just um, a group of my pals, um, one, one of them had WhatsApped as a... a a kind of stat-based thing about his performance against Hamilton, how many how many tackles he lost compared to one, and things like that. And obviously, football is not really a, a kind of money ball game where you can apply those stats to performances. And um, and I just think that he he even though he might not make necessarily 
the number of tackles, he still fills positions in the park that is going to prevent goals just simply because he's got the intelligence to know where to be in the park at any given time. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we were speaking about Scott Brown on the show last night. I don't know if you were listening last night, uh, Mark. But, but, but Barry Ferguson and Charlie McGrew were in the studio. And, and basically what we were saying was every team wants a Scott Brown. In, in a sense, it's a bit of a dying breed, that, that type of captain who grabs people almost literally sometimes by the scruff of the neck and, and drags them forward. Um, but Scott Brown has such an impact, Marv, in that Celtic team. Yeah, a huge impact. And, you know, I know, you know, people might have the stats from from the Hamilton game, but one thing you have to remember is that, that there's been a five-month break. You know, it, yeah. this is something that's, that's you know, not normal to, to all of us. And, you know, the boys who are slightly older, it might take a bit longer to get, you know, your game back up to scratch. But I can assure you one thing, Scott Brown will be back. You know, he, yeah. he definitely, definitely will be back. And, you know, I, I watched the the kind of the Celtic game. I didn't look at it and think, oh, Scott Brown's struggling here. Um, and I don't expect to say that throughout this whole season. I think he's honest enough to know that, you know, when his legs are going, he'll stop before, you know, he kind of ruins the legacy that he has at the football club. I think he cares about Celtic that much that he will stop before, you know, we do see him and we are saying, wow, you know, this is five, six bad games in a row and he can't move around anymore. Um, I think he, he's definitely a man of that ilk that will stop before, you know, you, you have to be calling in here and worrying about him. <laughs> You must have been well chuffed about that opening game, the the performance and the goals, and Odson Edouard with a hat trick immediately, Mark. Yeah, well, I thought Edouard was brilliant, and it wasn't surprising. I just hope that we can hold on to them, um, to him, and if if not, then hopefully we'll do what Rangers have done and get get someone in prior to letting him go. But um, I just hope we can hold on to him for another season because he's he's phenomenal. But um, just while while you're there, Marvin, I was wondering with Scott Brown, obviously towards the end of his career and hopefully we can get a few more seasons from him but do you see anything from McGregor that he could end up being the same not necessarily the same type of player in his playing style but the same type of character in the park that can that can um, get a team up, up for a game I, I think you know Scott Brown's a, a kind of one of a kind so to try and you know say somebody else is going to be on that same sort of level of him or that same sort of leader would probably be wrong uh, McGregor for me is is a fantastic footballer and I think he's the best all-round midfielder um, we have in this country um, so I think his leadership will be slightly different he'll lead by example of of what he does on the pitch you know by when I say that I mean the playing side um, because for me he's absolutely fantastic and and one thing I wouldn't want to see you know I don't I don't support Celtic but from a neutral I would never want to see you know McGregor go into that holding role because I think it will limit him too much I think as a number eight, we get to see the, the best parts of him. He, he does a bit of defending and a bit of attacking. You know, I would never want to see him play in that holding midfield role. Um, but, but you know, in terms of talking, I don't think you are going to get another Scott Brown. I don't think you'll be lucky enough to get another one who can drive a team on like that unless you spend an awful lot of money. Um, but I think yeah. McGregor is, you know, next in line for that captain's armband and he'll lead in a slightly different way. Yeah. Mark, thanks for your call. Thanks for your call and we'll hear from you again some other time on the Go Radio Football Show and feel free to do what Mark did which is uh, dial 808 17 17 700 talk to us have your opinion ask a question do we like to be honest uh, Scott Brown is a Celtic legend so is Henrik Larsson and Henrik has been having his say on racism, uh, part of UEFA's continuing campaign, which has the logo, of course, Say No to Racism. Hating people because they're black. I mean, I don't understand that. And I will never understand it. My father is from Cape Verdean Islands. And instead of taking my father's name, they decided I would take my mother's name. That was a way to protect me, which is wrong. 
we need to start educating our kids first and foremost because it starts there it starts with you as a parent all the different campaigns we have don't forget them remember them and in the end hopefully eradicate it the evil will never beat the good those are really powerful words, Marv, from uh, Henrik Larsson um, on the subject of, of saying no to racism. Yeah, um, you know, and he mentions it there, education. Education is key. You know, whenever I speak to anybody about this, it's so important that we educate future generations. You know, I would love to say that racism is going to be eradicated in the next month or the next year. It's not going to happen. But what we can do is we can influence the, the next generations that are coming through and you know let them know right from wrong when it does come to, to this uh, racism subject because it's been going on far too long. But let's be the people who make the difference, you know, because we are capable of doing it. The taking the knee, uh, which is happening at the moment pre-match around all football, that, that's a really powerful statement, isn't it? It's massively powerful, you know, and as I, I was saying to you uh, off air, uh, one of my teammates, you know, had said that his son had came up to him and said, you know, Daddy, like, why were you down before before the game? Um, and, and it opened up a conversation. And he said, you know, Marv, I would never have thought to have this conversation with my son. You know, but it was so good that we sat down and I explained to him. And, you know, now he's more aware of it. And, and he's just a young child. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like an inf infectious thing. You know, if you can educate one person and that moves on to three people and then it just spreads like that. And I think that's what we have to do. Um, but taking the knee, it's been brilliant, you know. The PFA and, and, and show races in the red card in Scotland have both really pushed hard for this and I was absolutely delighted that you know the league allowed us to do that and you know hopefully can continue. We're going to be speaking to the Celtic legend Packy Bonner shortly. In fact, Packy uh, joins us now on the show. It is 5.34 on the Go Radio Football Show. Packy, making your Go Radio debut. Nice to talk to you. Mm. <laughs> Good evening, uh... Uh, Rob, again, we we spoke at the weekend. We worked together, and we did. now we're on a different a different program. So you're still talk talking to him, <laughs> yeah? I, oh yeah. I think uh, I think we've got a lasting a lasting bond, haven't we? Uh, so many people, uh, Paki, who've been wending their way through lockdown, um, gasping for a gasping for a, a pint of draft beer. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Have you? I take you were in Ireland, weren't you? In the, within the last oh, couple of weeks, I take it you've you've ended your Guinness drought. I had. Uh, I'll tell you now. I had two, maybe three pints of Guinness in total when I was in Ireland. It was still. I was two weeks in lockdown, so I was uh, kind of hibernating on a little island that my brother's got a house on so I stayed in there so I didn't have a chance to get to the pub to get a pint of Guinness so I had to stick to the the odd uh, lager or maybe the Irish whiskey maybe the odd wee dram uh, and then I ventured out this the final week and I had a couple of pints but the, oh, and, and they tasted so good I must say <laughs> 10 or 12 weeks uh, but that's, that was a, that was a height of it. It didn't go mad. It's good to have draft beer back, and it's good to have Scottish football back as well, wasn't it? It was great. I mean, it was bizarre for us to be at Celtic Park on on Sunday. Um, everything was so different. But um, but let you know, let's be having it back in whatever form. Yeah, you know what 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 actually was quite good is it in uh, some of the sound effects, which I quite enjoyed because <laughs> you know normally when I go to a game, I don't really bother too much about the crowd or the people around me, apart from you, Rob, of course, when you're talking to me. Uh, That's a noise you don't talk. want to hear any time, isn't it, really? <laughs> but the rest, I, I can really focus in on the game, and those sound effects felt for me 
as if I was going to almost still at the game. But then when you open up your eyes and you see that there's nobody in the stands and, and you know, the reaction after a goal or stuff like that there, that's, that's the big loss. It's a big loss to the fans, of course, who can't go. And, and I felt sorry for them at the weekend because they were there to celebrate nine in a row if, if they could have. It didn't happen for them. They may get an opportunity in, in, you know, in the future to do, to do that. They raised the flag. It was kind of a non-event, really. Uh, but listen, getting back playing football, as you rightly say, is the critical part. And I know that I'm, I'm sure that the, all the players really enjoyed uh, getting out there. Uh, obviously, of course, Celtic players enjoyed the result. Maybe Hamilton players didn't. But I thought they actually performed OK. Yeah. So, but it was great to be back. Packy Bonner is on the show, 0808 17 17 700. If you've got a question for him, uh, texting 87474 and on the socials at Go Football Show. What do you make of that breaking news? I don't know if you caught it right at the top of the show, Packy, that uh, Celtic are talking to Lyle Taylor, uh, a free agent uh, having left Charlton. Um, it seems as if they've moved on. Uh, Stephen Fletcher was offered a, a one-year contract, oh, it appears. Yeah. Um, no deal done on that. And and it sounds as if Lyle Taylor is being lined up. He had a, a short spell up here, of course, with Partick Thistle. Yeah, well, listen, they need a, I think they do need a striker just to be safe because, of course, we know Odson Edward has performed. He was at the weekend again. He was sensational, you know, getting himself into those positions to score goals, but it's all-round play. But, as we you know, they got caught before with Dembele a little bit. Uh, they got away with it in that, uh, that situation because Odson Edward was a young boy and he was coming through the system and that. But I think now they certainly need to be in a good position a really good position to, uh, to to fill that gap if it happens. You know, they'll be on tender hooks. I know the fans are on tender hooks over the next probably couple of months uh, waiting for somebody to come in with a huge bid. And I don't think Celtic could actually knock back uh, a huge bid for odds now. I know 10 in a row um, is there. It, it, it would be history and he would be a huge part of it. But I don't think they could really knock back. Well, there's a, there's, uh, a, there's, the, you know, there's a certain time that comes, isn't there? There's a, there's a certain yeah. price you get to where they would be daft not to say yes, even though it's, it's the 10 in a row season. Yeah, well, listen, you know, they, they have a huge wage bill. You know, they have 60 million wage bill, maybe even more when you put all the other costs on top of over 100 million. They had 30 million in the bank. They're hoping they're going to get into the Champions League. They don't have the the fan. They have a lot of season tickets sold, of course, so that will help them. But you, if you can wipe out half your debt and one with one almost one uh, one fell swoop, yeah, yeah, once uh, you, you'll do it. You have to do it, um, and and I think that's that's the point. And it depends on how much it is. It depends probably who's calling whether whether it will interest Odds and Edward also. Uh, but I think that that inevitable is going to happen uh, in, in the next while. There, will, there might be a couple of bids uh, coming in before the deadline, um, but he will eventually go because he's a huge, he's a huge player for for any any club, and I think he could play at the very highest level. Now they have to fill that gap. So uh, I thought Stephen Fletcher would have been a great uh, buy for them. You know. Uh, Cost-wise, it wouldn't be over the top. I wouldn't think that he would be on huge uh, money coming in. Uh, but uh, Sally could afford to take him in. He was a big target man. A bit like the John Hartson scenario when John came up here. Um, you know, even though the legs may have gone a little bit, but that's not going to happen. So they need to bring in somebody else. Now, I don't know the guy. Uh, Taylor, is it? Lyle, Lyle uh, Taylor, yeah. Lyle Taylor. I don't know too much about him. But whoever they get... Have has big boots to fill if if Austin Edward would go now if they could get him in early enough to get get used to the rest of the players and that would be a nice problem now Pat, Patrick 
Clamalla also, I thought, came on and, and got that goal. That was a great goal, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Really good finish. Really good finish. So if he could then start uh, start really hitting it, but he has to get in the team and he has to play games. And that's the biggest issue when you for for most of those players getting into the team and play, playing regularly because you have to play games for me to be in a be in a position to be really sharp. Um, I, I don't know how players do it in the modern game when they don't play games. Training is one thing, but you have to play games. And Packy, it's Ali here. How are you doing? Aye, good, good. You obviously had an incredible uh, career, but is there any goal that you've saved? Or Well, obviously it's not going in. Is there any uh, time in your life where you've made an epic save and you just thought, you know what, that's one of the best in my career. I'm so pleased with that one. Well, let me tell you, I mean, plenty of epic mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, I don't remember. I think think at this point we should probably join you at the bar because this could be quite quite a long answer. (laughs) How about we talk about it in just a minute then? Uh, Stay on the line, Paggy. We'll be back with you in just a sec. The Bull Radio Football Show. We're nearly 45 minutes in already to the Go Radio football show. It's good to have you with us. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Marvin Bartley is with us in the studio. Chris Burke coming along later on. And right at the moment, Packy Bonner, who has had time to think about that deep and searching <laughs> question from Ali. And uh, and Packy, I was just I was just thinking maybe a certain penalty save in the World Cup. I'm, I'm, Could that I'm be up there? So, I'm afraid so. It's hung around my neck. I've got a, I've got a, a tattoo here on my chest uh, about <laughs> The penalty said, "No, listen, that that was a big moment for me. Kind of almost, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a penalty. Of course, it was a penalty shootout, but the the effect it had on on a lot of people's lives, especially in Ireland. Not, you know, of course, the Celtic fans over here would would also, uh, especially the Irish ones, would would remember what fondly. But from my perspective, it was kind of a moment that kind of changed my life a little bit. And I'm still living off it, Rob. At times, you know what I mean. <laughs> Even <laughs> all, all that, on. all that free Guinness." <laughs> 30 years on you know but no I think I would like to think there was other other moments in, in my career too that that was probably uh, huge um, you know but it's, it's hard to pick them out when you have a career at Celtic for probably 17 years it's very hard to say that well that moment or that moment or whatever you know you kind of almost look at it uh, and, and you, you hope that the good moments outweigh the bad moments when you have a long career like that. I want to run a couple of things past you, Packy, that have come up in the show already. Um, we had Mark from Newton Merrins on, not, not too far from you, probably, Mark, a Celtic fan. <laughs> and uh, he was just expressing concerns uh, about Scott Brown and wondering whether the old legs would get him through another season and it being, of course, this massive season as Celtic looked to make it that perfect 10. Yeah, it's a good question, that, because... We're always wondering when when uh, Scott Brown is going to run out of legs. But he doesn't show it, does he? Even no. last year, there was a period. What was it? A couple of years ago, that maybe he had lost his under Ronnie Dyla. Maybe he had lost his his sharpness a little bit. But my God, he got it back again, and he was he's been wonderful, wonderful in in that position. Especially, I think under Brendan Rodgers, he really showed that he, he had a different side to his game. You know, when I and I remember Scott Brown when he was a younger player he was a he was a runner he was he was a guy who got in, into the box he was on the front foot all the time he had high energy but he wasn't the holding almost a holding midfield player but he adapted his game so well under uh brendan rogers to really show that he can actually influence the game from that position uh, he will arrive in the box at times there's no question especially when the game's going to get Celtic. we've seen even last year there was moments that <laughs> that ended up with scopper I, I go back to i think i spoke about it on on sunday sorry in the hamilton game when Hamilton last December uh, was Celtic were almost uh, toiling. It was w- 
went to one each with uh, 90 minutes. And next thing, up pop Scott Brown to score the winner in 90, something like 93, 94 minutes. So he has got that, still got that part of his game. But I think he, he the, the position he, he plays now, he understands that position really, really well. And he, he will keep playing now. When he steps up to maybe European uh, level, sometimes it becomes a little bit, that's that's the highest standard, especially in Champions League, you can get. And sometimes maybe he needs a little bit of help in there uh, at times, depending on, on, on how he plays or what position is it, one holding player or two holding players. Uh, and that, and I think he probably in European competition needs an, yeah. another player alongside him. Now, you, you see Callum, Callum McGregor playing there, and Callum's a fantastic player. I've, I've got so much time from the way that he can. And Callum stepped into, into Scott Brown's position when Scott Brown was out for a while and did extremely well, but he hasn't got that maybe leadership qualities that, that Scott has got at times, uh, but he can play, he can pass the ball and that. But if they were to lose Scott Brown's Celtic, then that would be another huge position to fill whether Callum could step back there and do it or not, or they have to go to the market. But at the moment, Scott Brown's there. He's still leading them. Sure he's a big prize this year, and I think I think he's he's as good as he, he's been. Uh, I haven't seen any deterioration in the first game anyway that I watched on on Sunday. Another thing I want to run just run past you as we were speaking about this earlier in the show, Packy, is that on the back of that double. Uh, Rangers move into the, the transfer market. Kimar, Roof and, and Cedric Itten have both signed. It looks a, as if it's maybe a £6 million outlay. And, and certainly Marvin Bartley here in the studio was uh, expressing the opinion that that moves, he thinks that moves Rangers that significant bit closer now. It could be a, a big move in terms of how this all pans out uh, in terms of the are Rangers going to stop Celtic? Are Celtic going to make it into double figures? I still think Celtic have got the edge, uh, but I do think that, that Rangers making a statement of going out and buying those two players um, will will significantly help them. Uh, I thought they were short there, um, even though they've got Defoe who signed a contract, um, and Morelos. We don't know uh, how Morelos will he be here. That's the question. Whether he's, as fit, I don't think his fitness level is what it, you know, what it is. And to be honest, I, I can forgive anybody this start of, start of a season for being, you know, a little bit. Uh, lack of sharpness because you haven't played too many games or whatever, but I, I can't forgive people for being, you know, overweight or anything. Coming back at this stage of a season, and, and it looks like he's got a few pounds in him. Now, I, I don't think it's that he's been in the gym bulking himself up. So that that would be a disappointment if I was if I was a Rangers fan or even the staff looking at him. So that might might have influenced Stephen Gerrard's uh, thinking also that he needs a couple in there. He needs good players in there. It's a lot of money that they've spent. And that will help, no doubt that will help uh, help Rangers. Uh, but it's the creative side for Rangers also that needs to be taken into account. Have they got enough that actually will create the chances for those whoever plays up front? And, you know, when you look at some of the players, their assist count isn't that high. Even Kent has not a, a big, um, uh, you know, assist count. So that's something also they would need to have a wee look at to say, well, how can they actually create? Because when you look at Celtic, Celtic have goals Everywhere they also have assists. Everywhere the fullbacks on on Sunday were getting in the in in the act, getting high up the pitch, creating chances for for the strikers. All of that, uh, mid, they have midfielders who can create. So it's it's not just about adding in a striker or two. You've got to create chances for them also. And that's I think Celtic have still got the edge very much on that department. Packy, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Hopefully we'll have you back on the show again soon, and I will certainly see you soon. All the best. Pleasure. Thanks, Packy. 
the Go Radio Football Show and it's Nathan from Livingston who's next up. Hi, Nathan. Nathan, are you there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you want to say to Marv? Apart from uh, you're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask, obviously, Marv posts quite a bit about his coaching badges and all this kind of coaching training stuff he does. I was wondering how he thinks he'd do as a manager now and kind of what tactics he'd bring in and kind of who, who'd bring in uh, as a signing or his backroom staff. How well he'd do. I'd probably win the league, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Wait, which league's that? <laughs> um, no, I think it'd be, you know, basically keeping it the same. Um, you know, I think obviously finishing fifth last season was, was absolutely brilliant. And at the start of the season, if you'd have said that to any any fan other than, you know, Livingston fans, you'd have probably been laughed at, even maybe some Livingston fans. So, you know, I think that the, the management team have got it right, definitely at this moment in time. Um, you know, it's brilliant. Obviously, we... we lost on Saturday which is disappointing but it's a long season to go you know and hopefully you can pick up a, a positive result coming this Saturday um, in terms of my backroom team I've, it's not something I've really thought about um, it's a difficult one because everyone you speak to said, says oh you know I'll be your assistant manager and before you know it you said yes to about 15 people so you know my brother's uh, doing his coaching badges also at the moment so maybe I could work with him Although he is my older brother, so if he was to be the assistant, he might try and take over. So I'm not he sure. He will not listen <laughs> yeah. to you. You I'm both not... have the same initials on your shirt. How's yeah. that going to work? Well, I'm bigger than him. This will be a small. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's how we tell the difference. There so. is a small Bartley, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a tiny Bartley. Um, but no, it's definitely something I want to go into. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm re- really, really happy with playing at the moment and, you know, managing the reserve team next season. Uh, Davies allowed me to do that, which is it was wonderful for me on a personal level. Are you happy with Marv Nathan at the centre of that Livingston midfield? Uh, probably one of our best players. Uh, between him and Guthrie for our best player last year, I'd say. Um, but probably, probably one of the unsung heroes. Thanks for your Aww. call. Thanks for <laughs> your call. An unsung hero. Oh no, he's, he's plenty sung. Don't worry, don't, don't worry about it. Um, we, we, we were t- talking earlier, Marv, about the, about the leaving of Hibs. And I have to say that, you know, you said it was you know quite an emotional time and you'd become attached and... And there would be a lot of mixed opinion, I would think, at the time. The thought that struck me at the time when, when Hibs let you go was they, they immediately started searching for a big holding physical midfielder, you know, and, and they, they'd had one already. And I think you've probably proved since you left that, that it was probably a mistake to let you go. Well, I, I think, you know, at the time, Paul Heckenbottom was obviously the manager and he wanted to go in a different direction. Um, you know, my style of play is probably, you know, breaking play up and, and giving it to the other players. I think he wanted to be a... A lot more possession based. I think he wanted to build up from the back, um, and he, you know, thought Hibs were going to go and dominate games the same way Celtic and Rangers do. So he didn't really need a Marvin Bartley or Mark Milligan to do that. Um, obviously, you know, it didn't really work for him. Um, you know, I think he tried to change the the, the philosophy and the style of play too quickly, um, rather than changing it over maybe say eighteen months. He tried to do it over a, a six month period, and it, and it kind of backfired. Um, but. You know, for me, Paul was a wonderful coach and people are always surprised when I say that. You know, I didn't start a game under him. I don't need to come and say how wonderful he was. But honestly, as a coach, and it doesn't surprise me now, he's in at Sheffield United's under-23s because he is brilliant on the grass. Really is brilliant. And it just didn't work for him at Hibs. You know, let's be honest, you know, he tried to bring a lot of boys from down south to, you know, to Scotland. And, you know, some of them have paid off and some of them have backfired, um, which happens with all transfers. But I just think there was just too many boys coming up from England maybe with the mindset of it's a Scottish football, you know, it'll be easy. And before you know it, you're struggling in the league and the fans are turning on you. Because don't get me wrong, when you're at a big club like Hibs and things are going well, best place in the world. But should you start to fall short of those standards, you know, it gets a lot, lot harder and you have to have a certain mindset 
and mentality to be able to turn that around and you know some of those boys weren't able to do so there's a fair chance that you will be making a return to Hibs at some stage on the on the coaching staff. I think that's somewhere in the planning process, unless everything's been thrown up in the air in the last <laughs> few months, of course. But um, I guess um, that you're really keen and you're really ambitious in terms of, of, of the coaching side of things. And it would also involve you ripping up the script to a certain degree in terms of the lack of black managers. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I want to make the difference. You know, you talk about black managers at this moment in time and, you know, Alex Dyer's uh, flying the flag for us at this, you know, in Scotland. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's funny you say that about, you know, black managers. And I, I did a lot of research because it's always said about, you know, there's not a lot of black managers in Scotland or in England. And, you know, when I did the research into the amount of, uh, you know, black and ethnic minorities with a UEFA A license, it was so, so low. So it doesn't really surprise me that there's not that many managers, you know, in place. And I spoke about this before. And, you know, I had an ex-professional footballer, a, a black guy, contact me and, and say, you know, he disagreed with me. And I'm always up for a debate. And, and I said, you know, why I do you... I thought dis- that. Yeah, I said, to, <laughs> I said to him, why do you disagree with me? And he said, you know, I, I think you're wrong. And I said, OK. Um, you know, he was an ex-professional footballer, played in the Premier League. And I said to him, OK, that's fair enough. I said, well, do you have your badges? And, and he said, no. You know, this is part of the problem. You can't have an argument there's not enough managers when you're not qualified for the job. You know, if any of us were to go and apply to be a brain surgeon, we would get turned away. Not because of the colour of our skin, but we're not qualified to do that job. So first and foremost, it's about me going and getting the qualifications, which I'm doing now through the SFA, um, doing my UA4A, doing my uh, Youth Elite. And if in five years' time we're having this conversation, I've got all my badges and I've not got a job, then it's a different conversation. But if I don't have my badges and then we have a conversation about it and you're saying there's a lack of black managers and I'm like, yeah, there is a lack of black managers, but I'm not qualified to do so, it weakens my argument. Actually, I have no argument. Mm. So let me do my bit first. And any other ethnic minority who wants to go into football, don't sit at home and complain about there not being enough of us, you know, within professional football. Go and do your badges and then it's a different argument. Let's let's get the qualifications first and foremost. Let's do our bit and then let's see how, what happens in the professional game, whether clubs give us the opportunity. It'll be interesting to see actually how many qualified black managers there are out there or is it a matter of, the, as you say, they're going through the steps just now and, and everybody's having to get that management and get that experience as well. I'm looking forward to the the Bartley brothers. Could the, <laughs> the, the management team could the could the third brother be involved as well? And then you've got isn't, three isn't jackets. He a PR guru, though. Your yeah, third brother yeah, does PR. Yeah, he does PR. So he can promote yeah, Michael, you. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, well, that'll that's, be his job. He's, yeah. he's director of communications. Yeah, we've got it covered. <laughs> but, he, but, he get, but he gets an MB jacket as well. All right. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking just for, to I, confuse I can, you all. Yeah. You need a logo or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just gone five uh, fifty six on the Go Radio Football Show. That means that Rangers are kicking off in Germany against Bayer Leverkusen mm. uh, if you're on your way home we'll keep you across uh, the score if there indeed is one in <laughs> yeah. that game 3-1 Rangers trailing of course from the first leg um, in the Europa League is that game Marv do you think that, that Rangers in a sense could do without I mean it's going to take a minor miracle tonight to turn it around um, but the games keep on coming I mean the, the schedule is crazy isn't it in the next few weeks and you just wonder whether Rangers could have done without it it is crazy, but to play in Europe, I don't think any player would turn that, you know, turn their nose up at that. Um, it's a huge, huge game for the football club, and and this is when you're growing up to be a professional footballer. These are the games you dream of, you know, Europa League, Champions League, representing your country. So, yes, the schedule is it, it, really busy, but that means they're doing well. You know, that means that they're still in Europe, and I get the league, you know, is gonna is kickstarted the way it has, but no, you know, I think they could do with it. I think it's it's a huge, huge game, and these are the games you want to play in, really.
We're going to hear from Chris Burke shortly, the Kilmarnock winger. We're also going to hear from Rachel Boyle of uh, the Hibs women's team. Much more to come from uh, Marvin Bartley as well. Ali Defoy and me, Rob McLean, on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. We're into the second half on the Goat Radio Football Show. Hopefully you're enjoying it. We certainly are lots to come, uh, including the updates on Rangers in Germany. Bayer Leverkusen nil, uh, Rangers nil in the opening moments. Rangers trailing 3-1 from the first leg. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Marvin Bartley is with us in the studio. Hopefully you're enjoying it, Marv. And uh, you get to, you get to, you get it you get to talk more here than on sports scene, you know. And and we're nicer people as well. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> you say that. And you don't have Tomo interrupting you. That's what I was thinking of, Tomo. He, like, he likes doing the questions and the answers. But this is the Go Radio Football Show, uh, talking football for two hours. Uh, weekdays, five till seven. So what was your top goal, I wonder, of the opening weekend in the Scottish Premiership? I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Chris Burke of Kilmarnock. Chris, what do you reckon? I say I think you're just saying that just because I'm on the show, is that not right? <laughs> oh, come on. That was a that was a belter, wasn't it? Um well listen, I would have rather scored the tap in and made it two one to us rather yeah. than scored a, a goal with that when we were still chasing the game. But um no pleasing to score a goal with that because it's a lot of practice, um if you, if I was to be honest, you know, I've practiced that even before lockdown. I just wasn't that confident of pulling something like that off, that different sort of technique. So it came to fruition in the end and it was a goal, but hopefully next time I score a goal like that we're actually getting points out of the game. Oh. You don't you don't strike them much sweeter than that, though. I mean that was that would have gone in a goal twenty yards further back probably. Yeah, you know, it was a good distance for me to, to use that technique. Um it's just something I would like to add to my armor. Um, if I'm honest, the time goes on and the years go by, I lose a little bit of parts of my game, so I have to add other parts to my game to make sure I'm in the start of living and that's something that I have been working on so hopefully long may it continue So what was the technique? Was it not just laces and give it everything give it landing? Well, I, I tried to um, give it some movement it did move a little bit it's quite difficult to see in the, the, the videos of the match um, I hurt one after it as well that moved a bit more for me so I'm just delighted it went in to give us an opportunity to get back into the game after being 2-0 down we with I think 30 minutes played or so and to score just before half time it gave us a lifeline but um, hopefully uh, we've got a tough tough game on Sunday that we can take something from it Yeah you're at Celtic Park aren't you 4.30 uh, on Sunday um, that is that is going to be uh, a tough one how tough has been uh, lockdown and, and um, just the the weirdness of it all and I did hear a story about you um, out running and taking a lawnmower with you to cut a strip and a bit of <laughs> in a, in a patch of grass so that you could run down that. Is is that true? Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> was it your grass? No, no. I wish it was my back garden. Did you see the picture? I've not <laughs> seen it yet. It's huge. Um, I was going to put it on my back garden, but I just thought I wouldn't do that. Um, no, what it was is that I just live a couple of minutes away, walk away from an astroturf pitch and a grass area. And I was getting to use the Astro Tough pitch, but for the sake of the the lockdown ruling, that I couldn't really use it at a certain point. So I just 
got my lawnmower. And then I, <laughs> Trundled and I was, down the road. Yeah, I was hoofing it up the hill, and people must have been like, what is this guy doing? He's actually lost it. And a lot of people have lost it in lockdown. I was probably <laughs> one of them. But um, <laughs> it did help. I'm honest, it, it was excellent. It did help. So, because it was a field at the time. So, it did take me a couple of cuts. I'm not honest with that. But I, I thought my, my lining was good if I have to retire now. I'm available to be a ground. <laughs> was it? Did you just do the one strip? Could you not have just done the whole field? Well, you want to see the size of the field, Rob. I don't think, I think that would have been a session in its own. Yeah. Um, so I just worked an area. And those white lines are quite a skill as well. You'd have to perfect them too. Yeah, I know, I know. I've got that, that could be the next it. step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're available for hire with a lawnmower when uh, when when you hang up the boots? Oh, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm available for anything. I think a lot of people in lockdown have different traits now, don't they? They're gardeners, you know, they're DIY people, you know, joiners, whatever they are, you know, um, teachers. So we, 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 I think we've all learned something over this period, haven't we? You, you talked about losing some, losing bits and bobs um, in the course of the last few years, but you haven't lost much in the way of fitness, have you? I mean, you're 36, but you're, you're still fit as a flea, are you not? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. When, when you're that age, um, you have to work even harder, Robert. Uh, it's just, it becomes even more difficult. We say you know, like small sacrifices make big changes, and I've had to make these small sacrifices season in, season on. Um, but I've still got the enthusiasm to do it, and I still want to do it. So long may that continue. Uh, so yeah, I can keep up with it with the young ones, and as, as much as I can do that, then then I can keep up with the the SPL. You've you've still got a fair bit of pace about you, don't you? Mm, I nope. wouldn't say so. <laughs> well, a, a little bit. I would say maybe more sharpness over the five, maybe ten yards. But actual blistering pace. I wish I did have it. But uh, the way I had it uh, back in the day when I when I played maybe in England for Rangers. But it's actually, if I'm honest, made me think about football more. Because you have to be more intelligent. You have to find little spaces. So you actually develop your game better when you when you lose your pace. So. I'll take credit for that one. Just before Ali throws something at you, I was just gonna I was just gonna say, Marv, can so can you match Burkey for pace? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, not many players knock it and run because I just put my arm across them. So actual right, yeah. if you had a race, he, he would definitely beat me, but I would yeah. just try and lean on him. I'm a, a bit bigger than you, Burkey, so maybe I could stop you that way. Yeah, no, I think you would just physically push him out the road, wouldn't you? I would probably dive or something. So <laughs> you died never. <laughs> um, uh, Sally here. Um, Chris, you've been studying with your PFA Scotland for your applied management in football course. Is that something you've just started at, um, online with the Edinburgh Napier University? Yeah, no, I started that. I'm sure Marvin did it last year. He did, yeah. Well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did, yeah. yeah and, he, and, he, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. And he said it took him out of his comfort zone. And, <laughs> and he's seen, he seen different ways of how football should be be managed etc and it's just basically dealing with people psychologically and and how to manage above as well as as your uh, grassroots so it's got everything i'm enjoying it thoroughly it's only been two weeks um it's been excellent and the way i I just want to do something every year to i'm sure marvin said it before i've I've heard them say it that he wants to do all his badges and get get all the qualifications is prepare them in the right frame of mind and give them the right step to when he does hang up the boots, that he's got an opportunity to step in and show that he's actually worked for it. Uh, so I'm the same. And so, I, I was think, thinking myself that, you know, in lockdown, it would be difficult to coach as much as you would want to with youth team level just because of the rulings, etc. So this, uh, this course has done excellent because it's over Zoom mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and it's over a year um, course. So it's been great. I've enjoyed it. 
Would you have thought of doing it before lockdown? Was it already in your mind or did lockdown get you thinking, right, what else can I do here? Um, no, actually, I, I, I contacted them before lockdown. Um, it's just been a blessing in disguise that it's actually happened during this period. So, no, I, I contacted them before that. So I've always been something that I've been looking to do. Again, as Marvin, the same as me and other players, that you just try and do something every year just to make you go forward in that next step of retirement. How much longer will you play, do you think, Chris? I mean, obviously, injury can change things for you very quickly, but if given um, given a fair crack of it fitness-wise, how, how much longer do you think you'll play? It's a tough question, Rob. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 36, I'll be 37 in December, but I've always said I, I don't think you should judge uh, a player's age. Uh, I think you should judge him on his performance on the pitch. I think mm-hmm. if you're going to watch a match, you should look at everybody the same age and then just determine who's the better players on the pitch. So it doesn't matter the age. And as long as I can keep my enthusiasm... And, 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 you've, and you, have that, you have that in bundles by the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've got two boisterous boys, so <laughs> I, I think they keep me active as much as it is. Uh, so, no, I've, I'm, I'm loving everything. And plus, even older as well, you, you, you take you don't take anything for granted because I have to play every game like it's my last game because a young player could come in, do well and take the spot and then before you know it, I'm acting out the door. So I have to grasp it every single second. What are you thinking of your old team Rangers? It's still nil-nil in Germany with uh, Leverkusen. We're probably dragging you away from it at the moment. Um, can they possibly uh, spring a huge shock tonight by winning by three clear goals? I think what the first thing they'll need to do is just try and make sure they score one goal and then see how it goes from there because you know what happens when, you're, when you, you've when you scored the one. It always gives you a lifeline, a belief and, and that extra push to try and um, get the extra goal. So I think they have to take it to stages. Obviously, it's going to be really difficult because they're a tough team to play against. Mm. Um, they've done very, very well to go that far anyway. So um, it's is big steps for them. So, no, I, it will be difficult, I, I, I must say. But if they just concentrate and get in that goal, you never know in football, anything can happen. You were about seven years at Rangers. What, what What's your favourite European memory of, of playing in blue? Oh, for the load, you know. I, I, as again, seeing you're younger, you take it for granted. But I, I always love in that Champions League music when you walk out. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, see when you stand in that line and, and you've got that ball and you hear that Champions League sound no matter what team you're playing, because it's going to be quality, that, that it just has that feeling. And you always think you're going to always get that season in, season out, and it wasn't for me. Um, but I would say reaching the last 16 in the Champions League, where we just missed out to qualify against Villarreal, was a, was a big moment. Um, other European games where we, we, we went on a road to, to get to the final, uh, that was excellent as well. So, no, I've got many, many memories, but I couldn't really pick out one. If I was to say something, it would just be the Champions League music. It's just, yeah. it's just it's hard. It gives you goosebumps, you know. It does that to me as well, even, even and I'm not playing. Um, <laughs> so, so Rangers followed by Cardiff, Birmingham, uh, Forest, Rotherham on loan, Ross County briefly, and now, of course, at Kilmarnock. Um, and the Killy fans love what you're doing. And, and in that space of time as well, seven Scotland caps. I mean, you're, you're looking now towards when you stop playing towards the management game, which manager do you think uh, in that long career have you learnt most from? Them all, Rob. I'm, I'm going to be honest, them all. Uh, you take snippets from them for the best parts and maybe the parts that you wouldn't do. You probably learn from the parts more than the ones that you say you wouldn't do that. Um, 
you know, I, the thing is, when you're younger, again, you don't really take notes of things. But as I've got older, I've took the sessions down and I've learned um, different aspects of formations or whatever and how to do things. And it's about planning Monday to Friday if your game Saturday and then hopefully getting that to fruition in the game on the Saturday. So I would say them all. I've, I've had some great managers. You know, I've even had... You know, I've had Gordon Strachan, I've had Chris Hewton, I've had Steve Clark, um, you know, I've had Walter Smith, and I've, and I've had like Neil Warnock even at my brief time at, at, at Rotherham. So I've yeah. I've dealt with a different array of managers. You know, the way they handle things and the way they deal with things totally differently. And everybody always says there's no right way or wrong way as long as you're successful. Who was so, who was who was best at losing it in the dressing room? What was the most spectacular <laughs> managerial <laughs> rant you've been on the end of? I would say Neil Warnock. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> Shock. He's, he's, honestly, but he's, he's, you can't help but not like him. And he didn't even play me, but I, honestly, I still loved him. Um, <laughs> he was excellent. Uh, he, was just, he would just get the best out of his players. You know, he would keep it simple and he would have a rant in the, in the changing room. What, what you see on probably the Twitter and Instagram with the little um, memes and stuff, that is just him to a tease. Just, he's a great character and personality. And no wonder he's been so successful. And thinking about, I know you're only kind of two weeks into your management, but is there any managers that you see yourself as? You think the manager that you want to be? Um, I want to be my own. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that I can just take little bits from other people. I, I don't want to say I want to be that manager. I will take certain aspects from them. I will. Um, but there's no snippets. style that you think yeah. I like his yeah, style. No, no, no style. I honestly think as well, Stephen. What my idea is now, it could probably change when I, if I ever get a chance to coach. It might change in a year's time. It might change in six months' time, three months' time when I actually step on that park and do it. I'll say, do you know what? That worked for that man. It didn't actually work for me. I don't even like it. For sure. um, so it could be a different way. At, and plus the game's changing that quickly. You know, I could be playing some 46 and if I don't, my game might change. It's <laughs> <laughs> your enthusiasm. I don't think that would be a problem. Uh, see, if you, yeah. see if you get a 10-year extension from Alex Dyer. See, 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 see how he reacts to that one. Chris, good to have you on the show. Uh, hopefully speak to you again in the in the course of the season. But That's been lovely to have you on tonight. And uh, best of luck. And will, will I just pass on the, the, the lots of... We've had lots of phone calls, lots of requests from people asking if you'll come round and cut their grass. Um, well, well, I just keep a, keep a note of those and pass them on for you. Yeah, no problem, Rob. Thanks very much. No problem for Chris, that. Chris Mark of Kilmarnock, good to have him on the show, the Go Radio Football Show. That phone number, Thanks, 0808 17 17 700. Thanks for all your questions um, for everybody on, on the show. Marvin Bartley in particular. Here's one... Uh, from where is it from David he says I'm, I'm looking forward to the answer to this one is Alex Gogic the new Marvin Bartley <laughs> Alex of course who was at Hamilton now at Hibs playing that protecting role in front of the defence so expertly filled previously by Mr Bartley I think you want to be his own man um, you know I don't think you want to be compared to to, to me uh, it's not like I've, I've done anything at the top of the game so you know by all um Reports he did really, really well uh, in the last game, and you know I played against him at Hamilton, and he was he was brilliant there. Um, so you know, hopefully that continues for, for Hibs, not on Saturday, but you know I hope he does have a, a really good season. Let's do a couple of uh, score updates. I like a, I like a score update. <laughs> you love um, it. You just, I just need a buzzer for you now. What was that one again, Chris? Can you turn that around so that I can see it? Yeah, Sevilla are, are a goal up um, in the Europa League against Roma. It's still nil nil between Bayer Leverkusen 
and Rangers, uh, but the Germans have hit the crossbar uh, in the last few minutes of that match. It kicked off at five to six, so it's about midway through the first half. And if you've just joined us in the last few minutes, Alfredo Morales was in that Rangers starting lineup. The Go Radio Football Show. If you haven't already dropped us a message, get in touch. 87474. We'd love to hear from you. All your questions from Marvin are coming up shortly. The Go Radio Football Show. Previously on the Go Radio Football Show, we heard from Packy Bonner, the Celtic legend, earlier on. Great chat with him and with... Chris Burke, Gardner, come winger, <laughs> and uh, what a time he's having at Kilmarnock at the age of 36. He's going to go on forever by the sounds of it, and that cracking goal he scored at the weekend, even though it was in defeat at Easter Road against Hibs. In terms of uh, headlines, Bayer Leverkusen nil, Rangers nil, still the latest in the Europa League in Germany. Uh, Lyle Taylor is the latest name to be linked with Celtic. He's a free agent now after leaving Charlton Talks, believed to be ongoing, which may mean an end to any suggestion of Stephen Fletcher joining Celtic, having been offered a 12-month deal. And news today as well of an Aberdeen player testing positive for coronavirus. We await a statement from the club. And uh, that, of course, on the back of uh, the... uh, cluster outbreak in Aberdeen which has uh, led to a return of lockdown in the northeast. How scary Marvin is it just to hear a story of a, a player testing positive? Yeah definitely you know it's, it's not what you want to hear um, you know obviously with football back and stuff like that it's it's a danger because you know people could be passing it on to their families hmm. um, thankfully you know that Aberdeen have hopefully found this pretty quickly and, and it hasn't spread through their squad but as you said, you know, as a player, it's not really what you want to hear. Have you thought about the implications of that happening at Livingston? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, it can be passed on pretty uh, rapidly uh, by the sounds of things. And, you know, you've got people there with young children. I actually know a player down south who had it and he said it literally wiped him out. You know, he said he wouldn't wish it on his worst, uh, worst enemy. Um, you know, he had to isolate from his kids and stuff. And he said he's just happy he had it and his children didn't because he said it really was that bad. Libby's quite different, isn't it? Sorry, you've got your own testing. A lot of people maybe don't understand and we obviously get the privilege to to speak with yourselves, but some teams have to send their tests away, but you can find it maybe within a day. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So we've got two testing machines uh, at the club. So you walk in through the main reception and your temperature's taken. Uh, Once you get the green light from that, you then walk uh, to the changing room and we're tested twice a week. It did go down to once a week, but obviously there's an outbreak at St Mirren. Um, so it's back up to twice a week. And, and as you said there, we've got two testing machines. So um, it's all done on site. And I think it's 80 minutes of test take to tell you if you've, wow. if you've got it or if you haven't got it. Is it quite expensive? I imagine it must be quite expensive, which is yeah. for the machines, which is why not everyone has one. Yeah, yeah. I think because Ross County, I think, along with Celtic, were the, the first two clubs in Scotland, I think, to invest. But it is a big investment. It's massively expensive, you know, and, and but the club, you know, have put our safety first. Yeah, um, they do put know, a price on health. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge investment um, and, and we're so thankful to the board for, for actually, you know, for doing it. I think they cost, um, you know, north of £40,000 per, per machine. Um, wow. And then, you, then you're paying for the testing as well, which is really expensive. And, you know, it's everyone that's being done. It's not just the players, it's the staff, it's, it's the chef, it's the receptionist, it's everybody. You come into uh, contact yeah, with that comes into the club so it's costing the club an arm of arm and a leg definitely but as you said you know you can't put a price on your health mm. I guess people jump to the conclusion don't they when they hear that a footballer's turn and they're thinking oh my god football's just come back is this if it builds 
going to be a threat to the game? Are we going to go through another long lull in football? Hopefully not. Um, you know, but that was my initial worry. You know, to to see a player get it. Um, it was my worry that you know Rangers got the game back and you know could this you know put put a halt to that. But as I said, you know, hopefully Aberdeen have, have nipped it in the bud. It's only one player rather than you know being five or six and. Then you have a real worry, and uh, you know, especially if this player played at the weekend. You know, mm. I know a lot of the way the testing's done. It's it's done towards the end of the week, and you find out the results. You know, the Monday, so you're testing maybe say a Thursday or Friday for the second test. You don't find out till the Monday or Tuesday. So hopefully that player hasn't played in a game, and you know, you start finding out that, that it's spread, and you've got Rangers players maybe uh, have got it now as well. I guess we're presuming that the the player who has it is actually in the first team. I mean, could it be a junior? Are they back at the moment, or is it? Definitely going to be a first team player. Do we know? I think by the sounds of it, it would be it would be somebody in the first team squad. Yeah, um, I assume it is someone in the first team squad. I know their academy are back because someone on my A license is actually the head of their academy. Um, but I think it would be a first team player because the academy boys, I don't think, are tested because they're under eighteen and they're allowed to go back now. So right. it's just first team that are being tested at the moment. We've got a question here for you, Marvin, and probably you, you pull your hair out at this point because <laughs> you, you can probably see it coming. It's from Stephen. He says, "How much of an advantage do you think playing on the plastic pitch has given?" Livy, um, I mean, do you get to the stage where you've just heard that a million times and you've had enough? No, I mean, you know, it, it is an advantage. You know, I'll be, I'll be lying if I, if I sat and said it wasn't. We train on it every day. Mm. Um, you know, I think our home record speaks for itself. Uh, you know, I've been on the other side of it as well, you know, being at Hibson, training on a grass pitch all week and then, you know, coming and playing on the AstroTurf uh, a couple of times a season. It's difficult. You know, it's a lot, lot different to playing on a grass pitch. And it's so strange because I now prefer the AstroTurf to the grass. And really? you know, yeah, I was speaking to Effie only the other day after the St. Mirren game. I'm not sure, it's Mr. Effie Ambrose. Yeah, I'm not sure it's because he had a new call. What? But he said, you know what, Marv, I actually prefer the Astro now. But when he first came to Livingston, he said, I don't think I can get used to this. But once you train on it every day, it, it becomes a norm. Um, so no, it, it's an advantage. You know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. How is Effie? <laughs> Your favourite friend. Uh, you just went the mention of Effie yeah, and you just it, and you laugh. He just makes me smile. That that sums him up. You know what a guy. Uh, he's always smiling. He's always happy. I've never heard him speak so much in my life. Um, I don't know <laughs> what the club have done to him or said to him, but he's the happiest man in the world at the moment. Um, so yeah, he's brilliant. What a character he is. What's your favourite Effie story? <laughs> There's a couple. Um, Effie. You know, when we used to stay in hotels with, with Hibs, uh, Effie used to stay at home and then come and meet us in the morning. And then he realised that, you know, the boys were bringing their PlayStation. So, you know, one night Effie decided to stay at the hotel because he used to share a room with me, but I used to get a room to myself if he didn't come. So, you know, we're playing the PlayStation in one of the boys' rooms and it gets to about half nine. I said, right, I'm going to bed. Um, so Effie's like, OK, I'll play one more game and come to bed. It gets to about half ten, maybe eleven. I hear a knock at the door because he doesn't even have a key. So Effie <laughs> walks in and he's got something under his arm. So I'm like, Effie, what's that? He's taken the PlayStation from the other boy's room. So they've kicked him out because he's taken the PlayStation from their room and said, I want to carry on playing. So I'm like, right, here we go. We've got a game tomorrow. So he's plugged it in and everything else. So I'm like, right, I'm going to turn over and go to sleep. I can go to sleep anyway. I wake up about half four in the morning uh, to go to the toilet. Who's sitting there playing? Effie. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you doing? Are you not going to go to sleep? He's like, my friend, I don't need to sleep. I don't need to sleep. I was like, well, so I've gone to the toilet, came back. You know, I woke up in the morning and I'm not joking. Effie's still sitting there. So I said, have you played this all night? He said, no, you know, I laid down for an hour and I, and I messaged my wife. And, but then I got back on it. But when I've looked at what's going on, what he's done, he's got two control pads, 
So he's actually playing against himself. So he's taking <laughs> control of both teams and he's just running through and scoring. So I'm like, what kind of fun is this? And this is just him. He's just delighted with life. You know, just sitting there playing the PlayStation by himself. Easily pleased. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and the goals were presumably followed by a somersault, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was only 2-0. That was a worrying thing. I don't know what the hell's been going on. <laughs> I think Neil Lennon had nightmares with him. Because obviously Neil Lennon had him at Celtic and then at Hibs as well. And, and if his timekeeping wasn't always the best, was it? Yeah, um, oh, you say it wasn't the best. Probably, you know, three weeks out. Um, I remember one, <laughs> just the three weeks. Yeah, we came back to pre. I thought you were joking when you said that. No, I thought you no, meant three hours, but no, he's actually three weeks. Three weeks late. Um, so <laughs> he got old. a few days in, and I'm worried about him because you know I'm messaging him, and you know, gone from getting two ticks to one. So I'm thinking, has something actually happened to him? So I thought, right, you know what? Maybe he thought he'd be back next week. So we give him that, you know. And then a week comes, and then two weeks come, and the gaffer's like, "Where's Effie, Marv?" And I'm like, "I've no idea." I've got no idea where he is. So three weeks comes, Effie turns up. We meant to be in, I think it was quarter to 10. Effie turns up about 10 o'clock and he's just smiling as if it was the first day of preseason and he was an hour early. He comes in and he's smiling and the gaffer comes out of his office, sees Effie, goes bright red and just says Effie in here. And, you know, lads being lads, we go, we go into the dining room, which is right next to the, the, the gaffer's office. And he's going Put your ears through, against the wall. Yeah, he's going through <laughs> Effie. He's going crazy. Lasts about 10 minutes and Effie comes out and, and, and Effie's laughing. And I was like, well, what happened, Effie? And he's like, Marv, the gaffer, his face, he went so red, <laughs> so red. I said, so what did you do? He said, I laughed. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing worse, is it? Someone's telling you off and they're just laughing. Exactly, just, but that's that's him. He's not being rude. He's just so, he's like a naughty school kid, you know. The times that Gaffy's go through him at half time, he's to turn away and kind of smirk. And, and Lennon used to have to stop because if he looked at Effie, he would laugh as well. But he wanted to be serious. But, you know, what a guy Effie Ambrose is. <laughs> Effie and a few F words to go with it, <laughs> yeah. usually, usually as well. We don't normally do birthday dedications on the Go Radio Football Show, but we're going to break with tradition tonight. Leanne Crichton, who was with us on Tuesday, it is her birthday. I'm, I think it's her 33rd birthday. If it's not, she's going to tell me about it sharpish. <laughs> I, just, I just know that for sure. But it was good to hear from her on Tuesday on the show. Oh, happy and birthday, Leanne. It's happy Leanne's birthday. 33rd birthday and she is still going strong and she's... Uh, three years younger than Chris Burke. Um, she'll, she'll be, <laughs> sure, she'll she's be glad to know delighted that. to know. Talking about women's football, let's talk next to Rachel Boyle of the Hibs women's team. Hi, Rachel. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, I'm fine, thank you. You've been training, have you? Yeah, I've just home, actually. I just got home and had my tea, so you caught me at the right time. That's I, very kind of you I, taking I, the time I, to I, talk I, I speak to us. I take it Mr Martin Boyle had your tea waiting for you when you got back, <laughs> did he? <laughs> You know, they're laughing, but it's the first time he's done it in the whole of lockdown. So, yeah, we're learning them, learning them how to cook. Do, 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 do you leave him detailed instructions like, um, you know, put that packet in there for 10 minutes and whatever? I mean, it was a chicken korma. He couldn't really go wrong, could he? Yeah. <laughs> he could. A meal. How, tell meal. Me, tell me this, Rachel. How many times has he forced you to watch those two goals against Kilmarnock on the opening weekend? Um, he hasn't actually. I think he secretly watches it himself. <laughs> um, I mean, I've watched it on like live during the game, and then I've watched it on sports scene on Saturday night, and I've not seen them since. So he must be watching them daily on a daily basis leading up to the game at the weekend. I think. So. Anyway, let's not talk about him. Let's talk about you. <laughs> and uh, how are you, what, what's the schedule like in terms of getting things going again? Yeah, it's been pretty relaxed for us. Um, we started back last Sunday. Um, and we're training three times a week just now until we can up it once we get the, the go-ahead to, to go for more. 
So we're training Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays, and it's only our session. Um, everything is, is very strict, very um, very held back. We're all just kind of training in small groups, and you've obviously got to keep your distance, which I'm sure like all the men's teams have already been through. So, um, yeah, very strict, very different to what we're used to, but we're just glad to be back, really. And what's going to be really different, of course, is, is playing a, a winter season, isn't it? October to June, I think, is the plan, isn't it? Where, where it's generally been a summer season. Yeah, well, we've always played from like March to November, um, been given Christmas, New Year off, and then back into pre-season um, early January. So, so it will be a change. And I think for myself, I've been in the game a long time, and and I actually played the last time it was the the summer season, the winter season. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And to be honest, I think most teams are just delighted to get back playing again. So we're looking forward to to October coming round, so we can get the games going, and and hopefully it does right and we can start to progress the women's game and, and maybe get more attraction of fans and things if it's in tandem with the men's team so um, you can advertise games better and, and things like that so hopefully it'll it'll really develop the women's game. You've definitely been playing for a while, 31 caps for Scotland Rachel, that's incredible, how does that make you feel? Um, yeah I'm delighted with it, obviously I took a break from international football for a good five, I think it's five or six years Um so I missed a lot of time with the national team and, mm-hmm. and to get back in after the birth of my daughter and stuff, it's a, it's a really proud moment for me. So I'm just enjoying every minute as I can. And obviously I'm, I'm getting a bit older now, so I don't really know how much longer I've got left. So yeah, it's just about taking each game and each camp as it comes. And if I get the call up, then I'm absolutely delighted. Mr. Marvin Bartley's a big admirer of yours. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about you for ages. <laughs> He's got to be, I think. <laughs> I used to annoy him all the time on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, how good you were, Rachel. Um, you know, we, we wanted to swap you for Martin for a while, but obviously, you know, he, he's found his, his feet now, so I don't think that his boys will want to do that anymore. But no, I remember watching you play in some games and unbelievable, literally. I'm not just saying this because, you know, you're on the end of the phone, but it was really good to watch you and obviously watched you, you girls in the Champions League as well. So, no, brilliant stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I think uh, I brought Martin along to our games and he learned a thing or two because he seems to be in fine form now. So. <laughs> um, but no, I used to love coming along. Like I still go to all the games on a Saturday and stuff and watch the men's football. There's a, there's a lot to learn just sitting in the stands and watching the, the pros doing it. So yeah, it's, it's good fun coming along and watching. I try to get along as, to as many games as I can. So appreciate that. And do you play the, the Bartley position? Do you play central mid, Rachel, am I right in saying? Um, I can do. <laughs> I'm a bit versatile. I always class myself as a fullback, but I haven't played there in many years. So, um, international, I play fullback. Uh, but for my club, I play more of an attacking mid. But in recent times, I have been kind of dropped back into the holding midfield sort of role. But I can't say I can win tackles like what Marv does. That's what happens when you get old, Rach. They start pushing you back. You'd be sent a half soon. <laughs> I've not really got. I've not really got the physique like you. <laughs> But yeah, Joel's been telling me that you gradually get pushed back as you get older. So maybe next season I'll be playing alongside her at centre back. <laughs> Mark, Marv could teach you the forearm smash. That's, <laughs> that's that's his secret for playing central midfield. The referees think. listening. That, that would be quite handy coming up against the old firm and stuff. I'd quite like that. <laughs> so I mean, it was obviously a big sacrifice to make in terms of your football, but I guess that there was no decision to make in terms of having your baby girl. Uh, no, yeah, there was no decision. Obviously, it was a surprise when I found out about her. So. Um, for me, it was just the whole focus turned to, to the family side of things and football was put on hold. But but now that she's here and um, yeah, she's getting a bit older now. So I actually had her along to training with me tonight. So she was running about the side of the pitch and, and mingling with all the girls and that. So she was absolutely loving life. So hopefully she can pick that up the more time she comes along. But no, I'm just delighted to be back playing football. And it's something I've loved since I was a little girl. So 
yeah, any time I can kick a ball about, I'm, I'm all for it. Rachel, it's Ali here. I don't know if you've seen this, but this has um, come out just a couple of days ago. Mixed football in the Netherlands now. It was introduced in 1986 and girls were allowed to play with boys up to the under-19 level. But it's just been announced as a new pilot scheme that will allow amateur women to play in senior men's team in the Netherlands. And it's just been approved um, by the Dutch Football Association. So there's one woman, she's a 19-year-old lady, who is allowed to play um, in the fourth tier. I mean, how would you feel... Uh, if that was yourself being able to play against the men would you like it would you not like it or would you just have to to try it to see um i think it's one of these where you would maybe have to try it um mm. for from a personal point of view i played boys football up until i was about 14 and then i had to obviously go into girls and and at that time i was probably a bit disappointed that i had to give it up because i think i was reading the girl has played with this, these boys since she was like five years old i think so she wanted to continue playing with her, her friends basically so for me, I had to give it up and step away from all my best friends and, and not play football with them anymore. So I would have loved to carry on, like obviously what she's doing. But at the same time, you do start to realise that there's a completely different way of playing when it comes to that sort of level. Because the men just seem to develop quicker physically and they get stronger and quicker. And it's hard for women to keep up. So I'll be interested to see how well she copes um, in terms of the physical side of the game. Because I think no doubt about it, if she's good enough to be playing with the boys, then technically she must be very good. It's just whether she'll be able to, to keep up with the physical side of things. You and Martin in the same team, eh? <laughs> what a thought. Oh, no, no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could put up with them in the changing room as well as at home, that's for sure. Oh, you definitely couldn't. <laughs> How old's your little girl, Rachel? Uh, she's going to be two next month. So she's she out slightly bumbling about with a ball in the back garden as yet, or not? have you not got her there yet? No, we're trying to. We bought a little set of goals and a little football and stuff and she'll put the ball like right down in front of the goals and, and kick it in and celebrate and roll about the floor and stuff. So she's trying to give her dad a new celebration, which I don't think is going to catch on. <laughs> um, but when she misses, we're like disappointed and we're booing her and stuff. Oh, she learns, she's she learns that she's got a score a goal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tough love, I love got it. Got to teach them young, I think, so... Women's football, Rachel, has, has grown in big strides, hasn't it, in, in recent times. Has it been a bit frustrating and disappointing in terms of lockdown um, that maybe a little bit of momentum has been lost? Yeah, I think so. I think um, leading up to, to March, we were doing really well, both um, domestically and in the, the international scene. I think the with the international team doing really well and, and winning games um, continually, it was becoming quite a big thing. And it was progressing into the domestic game with obviously Celtic and Rangers um, investing heavily in their women's team. So there was a bit of buzz around that leading into the new season. And for it to all kind of come to, to a halt in March, it was very disappointing after one game. So so this season's been made null and void, which is yeah. is not great if you're trying to build a fan base and, and build a brand um, for women's football. So, so yeah, we're hoping to pick it back up and whether it'll take off again, I'm not entirely sure it'll remain to be seen, but... I think the national team plays a big part in obviously um, getting the exposure that it does with the, the games that they've been playing and obviously moving around the country, being at Easter Road, being in Paisley, like trying to just attract different fans. And I think there was a record crowd in, in Easter Road for their last game there. So so hopefully that can continue. And if we keep winning games, then there'll be a bigger buzz going about and hopefully that'll attract more, more fans into the domestic game, which is what we're looking for. 
Rachel, lovely to talk to you and uh, good luck to you as well when the football resumes. Rachel Boyle and Martin Boyle in the same household and Baby Boyle (laughs) as well. Well, not Baby anymore, uh, bouncing around in the back garden. This is the Go Radio Football Show 0808 1717 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Rachel Boyle, Chris Burke, Becky Bonner. All their surnames begin with B. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Marvin Bartley, there's another one. And you think this is thrown together, and you would be absolutely right if you thought that. It's the Go Radio Football Show, but hopefully you're enjoying it as we are 5 to 7, Monday to Friday. Our finger on the pulse of Scottish football currently in Germany. Bayer Leverkusen nil, Rangers nil. So still that 3-1 aggregate deficit uh, reports. You'll have heard them, I'm sure, about Lyle Taylor as a potential target for Celtic. He's a free agent after leaving Charlton Athletic. That news as well today of an Aberdeen player having uh, tested positive for uh, coronavirus. And uh, all the football chat comes your way on a nightly basis on the Go Radio Football Show. We're going to throw some more questions at Marvin Bartley. Uh, Better questions than he generally gets on sports scene (laughs) as well. You need Uh, to stop that. I know, I I really do need to stop that. Uh, Do you like your television appearances? And presumably you get no stick whatsoever the next day from the Livingston lads. (laughs) No, I enjoy it. You know, uh, Chris Burke spoke earlier about me talking about being out of my comfort zone and and live TV definitely does that. Um, So no, I I really enjoy it. You get to do a bit of scouting as well because you get to watch all the games and stuff and you know, yeah, I, I get hammered by the lads definitely the next day or well, I come off the show and I look in the group chat and they're normally about my shirt or my trousers <laughs> or something like that. So I just wear what I want to wear now because I can't win. I really can't win. We've got uh, some questions to throw at you here. Um, one uh, from a Livingston fan, but talk, looking backwards because he says, how was working under Neil Lennon? Um, it was it was good. It was interesting. Um, you know, you, you talk about different managers and for me, Neil Lennon was the best motivational manager I've ever had. Um, you know, if there is a better manager out there than him at motivating people, then I would I'd love to see them. Um, don't get me wrong, there was there was some times where he would he would go through you as a, as a player, as a squad. Um, and I just think in in the modern game and and with younger players, um, you know, they react differently to it. You know, the older boys kind of you know would have the attitude of I'll show you, uh, whereas some of the younger boys maybe struggled uh, a little bit with that. Um, but no, for me on a personal level, he's absolutely brilliant, uh, both on and off the pitch. And, you know, I really enjoyed my time under him. And do you think he's mellowed? Yeah. He was much more heart on the sleeve probably previously? I think he's had to. I think he's realised, you know, that he had to mellow a bit. He's gone back to Celtic and they've got a lot of young players there. Um, So I think he's had to mellow. And, you know, that shows a sign of a good manager, you know, that he's evolving with the game also. You know, not just trying to stay the same all the time, and, and I definitely think if you if you were to ask him, he would say, yeah, he's, he's mellowed a bit, and maybe he gets his message across in a different way. We've got a wee message coming in on our Insta at Go Football Show. This is from Toff. He said, "What's the best manager? Who is the best manager you've ever played under?" Um, all all round manager um, for me would be Eddie Howe. Um, you know, he's absolutely fantastic to work with. Him. I know he just lost lost his job at Bournemouth, but I worked with him at Bournemouth and Burnley. Um, and he was absolutely brilliant. You know, he, he was a young man who who came in and, and saved us, really, um, where we really were struggling. And he was obsessed with it. You know, I speak about managers all the time. And, you know, some managers have it just as a job and some of them have it as a lifestyle. And mm. Eddie Howe was, was definitely the latter. You know, it, it was a lifestyle for him. And, and just to see him go about his work, I think he, you know, maybe 31 or 32 when he took the manager's job was absolutely brilliant. And it was chalk and cheese to the last manager we had. who was an experienced man who had been around the game for a long time. 
Um, so yeah, for me, all-round manager would, would, would have to be Eddie Howe. And talking about Bournemouth, with that uh, crazy chat earlier in the week, uh, Jamie O'Hara, it was on <laughs> Talk Sport, uh, <laughs> launching a tirade really against Scottish football. Uh, only two clubs in Scotland, he said, uh, Bournemouth much bigger than Rangers. What did you make of all that? <laughs> I had to listen to it three or four times to make sure it wasn't some sort of banter. Um Listen, I love Bournemouth, you know, it gave me a, a chance in professional football, but to, to sit there and say that Bournemouth are a bigger club than Rangers, um, I, I just don't get the thought behind it. And, you know, just it, it frustrates me because I know a lot of people down in England, you know, don't really look at the Scottish game and don't realise, you know, how big these clubs actually are. And, mm. and no disrespect to Bournemouth, I think their stadium holds 14,000 people. So, you know, it's not like you're talking about, you know, one of the, one of the other clubs and you could maybe say, you know, they've got a 50,000 seat stadium or something like that. And you can you know, start to compare things, you know, 14,000. Yeah, I think it's 8,000 on average a match day, is it? Yeah. Yeah, outside the Premier League when they weren't in the Premier League. So, you know, how can you compare that to Rangers? It's, 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 you can't. You really, really can't. And But you must have heard that a lot when you were playing down south. I mean, the, the dismissive noises uh, about Scottish football. Yeah, nothing as wild as that, though. That's, that's the wildest <laughs> thing I've level. ever heard, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, people always talking about, oh, you know, it's a Sunday league, league, it's this and it's that. This is normally people who haven't played football or even watched the games, you know, they don't, they don't care to watch the games. They hear somebody else say it and they say, you know what, I'm just going to say the same thing. And it, it's, again, it's an educational thing, isn't it? If they actually to watch the games and look at Rangers now still in Europe, and yet, you know, English teams have been knocked out left, right and centre. You know, will the league get the respect it deserves for that? No, it won't. Because it's easier to say, you know, this isn't a good league. It's easier for us to talk our game down. And it frustrates me. And I see commentators also talking our game down when they when they are doing the games because, you know, a lot of bad things happen in the English game as well. But it seems to be OK because it's the English game and it's a bigger market. But yet when we're talking about our own game, we're quick to put the players down. And that, that frustrates me. So I watch the games on mute sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you're on. But, but I mean, you, you've you've always been really positive since coming up here. I mean, you. It sounds like you love it up here. I, I do. I, I really, really do. And you know, football's kind of a working man's sport. And I think England's kind of gone away from that. You know, it really has gone away from that that nitty gritty side to it. And, and and I love it up here. And you know, whenever I can, I'll speak the game up. And, and I'll be truthful. You know, I'm not speaking it up because I just want to speak the game up. It's because I believe in it. You know, many players have come from down south and failed up here. Because I always hear, you know, boys have gone from Scotland, you know, down to England and then failed. Well, a lot of been the other way. You know, a lot mm. of players have come up here, failed, gone back to England, done really, really well. You know, look at John McGinn, look at Stuart Armstrong, look at Kieran Tierney. You know, the three players off the top of my head who've gone down there and, and, and done really, really well. Ryan, Ryan Fraser? Yeah, Ryan Fraser, another one, you know. Obviously, I forgot about him because I like Bournemouth for kind of my English club and he refused to play, so <laughs> oh. he's, he's deleted from my memory. But no, again, you're right, another fantastic player. So, you know, it, the game up here doesn't get the respect it deserves and, you know, hopefully it will do in the future because, like I said, there's a lot of boys down there doing awfully well. Another question in from Ross on uh, Twitter. It's at Go Football Social if you want to get in touch that way. He's saying, how far do you think Livy can go this season? Um, I think the, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a boring answer, but first and foremost, we need to stay in the league. Mm. Um, you know, we finished fifth last season. We can't look at this season thinking we're a team that should finish fifth now because that's when you come unstuck and that's when you find yourself in a relegation battle. You know, within that dressing room, the boys know that we have to put 100% in because there's not a single player in that dressing room that's good enough to play underneath that and expect us to win a game. And that's not me being disrespectful, that's just me being honest. And, you know, everybody does know that. So, you know, we had our first game against St Mirren, didn't go too well, but we have to shake ourselves off from that. 
give 100% in the next game. And you know, w- once we are safe mathematically from going down, then we'll set another target. But the target at this moment in time is finishing 10th in the league. And as I said, it's a boring answer because people want to see the club evolve. But that's first and foremost, Livingston must stay in the Premier League. It's difficult though when you're not a surprise package anymore, isn't it? When you when you do set the bar that bit higher and the expectations are outside the club are that much greater. Yeah, well, if you think you're a big player, that's the thing you have to deal with. Mm. You know, um, I still don't think many teams will, will respect us. I still think a lot of teams will think it's a fluke and we need to use that to our advantage. You know, as long as we don't fall into thinking, as I said just now, we're a top six club, um, then we'll be absolutely fine. But, you know, we need to pick up our first win. That's that's the most important thing. When the season starts, you want to get your first points on the table. That's the most important thing. Once we do that, then we, we put the building blocks in place to allow us to stay in the league and allow the club to evolve. I did hear you right earlier on, didn't I, when you said that Gary Holt was your favourite ever manager of all time? <laughs> He's a favourite, my favourite manager at the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, we'll find out how, how much of a favourite he is of yours. We've had a text uh, from Paul. He's text to 87474 and go. And his message is, if Marv could go on holiday with the lads, who would he choose to bring along on that trip and why? Oh, wow. Effie, <laughs> oh, No chance, I not get any peace and quiet. <laughs> You'd be playing PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to bring Scott Pittman because I like to go on relaxing holidays. So I'll go and i just chill out of the hotel. So I'll take Scott Pittman because he wouldn't say a word. Okay. So I'd just like be being by myself. I can just relax, recharge the batteries and he wouldn't want to do anything too wild. Um, yeah, so Scott Pittman, I'll, I'll pick him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that answers your question, Paul. Let's get your closing thoughts on how you think the title race is going to go this season. Um, is it is it going to go to the wire? I think so now, definitely. If you'd have asked me this question before these two signings, um, I, I would have been saying Celtic. I really, really do think these two strikers are going to make a, a huge difference to to Rangers. And as I said, you know that's that's great for the league. You know, for for the neutrals, I really do think it will go to the wire. As I said, I think Rangers will be splitting the season in two halves. They'll be looking from now to January and January to the end of the season. Um, so, I, I, you know, I really do think it will go to the one. I think Rangers now believe in themselves a little bit more. I think the boys will be seeing these strikers come in and think, do you know what, we can really do this now. But Celtic are a winning machine. Yeah, they know how to win. And the, the most difficult thing in football is winning games. And, and, you know, how many times have you seen it over the years, Celtic winning games that they shouldn't win? Games they shouldn't probably even draw, they, they, go, they go and win. Um, because they got that mindset about them, it's 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 in their DNA now, and that's what Rangers need to do. You know, the games where they've struggled last season, especially after January, they need to pick up the wins and, and keep the pressure on Celtic. Because, you know, let's well, they they will want to keep the pressure on them right until you know the la- last weeks, because that's when you really find out about teams. You know, when you know Celtic win and Rangers losing and six points and then it's nine points, then they can relax a bit more. But you know, take it into the final few weeks when you're level on points, then you you probably see something different, and the pressure will get to everybody. The Rangers fans will worry about later in the season, won't they, if they can keep themselves in touch and in the race, in the fight, about what happens uh, in that second half, because they will. You wouldn't be human if you didn't think back to what happened post winter break last time. Exactly, and that's what everyone will be looking at, and it will be in the back of the players' mind. There's no doubt about it. You know, but as I said to you, I think Stephen Gerrard would be saying to them, let's have the f- same start as we did last season because then that gets them right next to Celtic and then we can improve from there on. You know, you look at players like, like Brandon Barker at the moment, I think, you know, over the summer it was probably, it was, he was going to be shown the door and now he's starting tonight because he's, he's came back in with a new attitude, you know, with new energy and he did really, really well in the friendlies and, and he's playing tonight. So if you can get, you know, two or three more players like that, squad players, to step up to the plate, plus these new two players they've brought in, I said they'll be very, very close to Celtic uh, come the last game of the season. 
And as of uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to be looking ahead to this coming weekend in the Scottish Premiership, 12.30 Saturday, St Johnston and Aberdeen in Perth. The three o'clock games, Hamilton, Ross County, Livingston, Hibbs, Motherwell against Dundee United. Sunday, Rangers, St Mirren, Kilmarnock against... Celtic, thanks to all on the show tonight. What a show it's been as well. Packy Bonner and Chris Burke and Rachel Boyle joining us. Marvin Bartley in the studio. It's been great to have you, Marvin, and we'll certainly Fab. happily have Thank you, you back much. any other time. <laughs> you fancy Rob McLean and Ali Defoy. Cy Ferry and Paul Cooney are back with us tomorrow night on the Go Radio Football Show.